0: Hello, and welcome to the 11th episode of Let's Talk Ringette. I'm your host, Robin Gillespie. We all know that athletes have to practice their craft and train their bodies, and we've even talked about how to fuel for sport. Today, we are talking with an expert in the field of mental training to find out why it's important for athletes to train their brain too. I'm sitting here with Erin Brennan today. She's a mental performance consultant in the Edmonton area. Hello, Erin. Hi, thanks for having me. Why don't you start by telling us a bit about yourself and your background and sort of what you do?
1: Yeah, so um, once again, my name's Erin and I work in the field of sports psychology. I'm a mental performance consultant here in Edmonton and I work with a diverse age range of athletes um, from about four or five developmental athletes to um, professional uh, Olympic and Paralympic level athletes. Uh, So I think my oldest athlete that I'm working with is about 40 years old and uh, like I mentioned, the youngest uh, I'm working with right now is about five.
0: What made you interested in getting into the field of sports psychology?
1: Yeah, so I had the privilege of, of working in the field of sports psychology as an athlete, actually. Uh, I grew up in northern Alberta and I curled competitively and had the opportunity to go to Canada Winter Games in 2003. So I was able to work with someone uh, with in regards to mental training, which really provided an opportunity uh, for exposure and to understand the importance of this aspect of training in sport. So that was kind of my first taste of it and then it always really just stuck around with me and I, I was heavily involved volunteering and curling as a coach and, and a few different opportunities came up and it just felt right to apply to this field and since then I, I was fortunate to do my postgraduate degree at the U of A and then uh, furthermore be involved uh, with a whole bunch of sports here in, in the city of Edmonton, in the province and uh, within, our, within our country as well. So just like there's coaches who teach technical training, mm-hmm. we have physical trainers who teach physical training for mm-hmm. your body, yep. I teach mental training for the brain. Anything to do with training practices and performance in mm-hmm. regards to sports psychology is kind of my area of focus.
0: And. And why is mental training and psychology important for athletes? How does this mental game play into the actual game?
1: Yeah, so you know, we often hear the common phrase, sports are 90% mental, 10% physical. Uh, I don't know what the validity actually is (laughs) on that. But I think having athletes exposed to the mental side of sport at an early age uh, develops a whole bunch of sides of training and skill development. So for example, teaching athletes to be self-aware Mm -hmm. Um, Building confidence, being able to learn how to set little goals at a young age is only going to help with their development in other areas of sport as they grow up and continue to compete. Um, We're seeing that now, too, at a younger age. There's more pressure. There's more demands. Mm -hmm. So having the tools and resources to help athletes deal with some of these challenges, Mm -hmm. but also to prepare them to perform and to train the right way Mm -hmm. in in. You know, in alignment with their age, the appropriate level of exposure to training demands, Mm -hmm. training times, and then uh, even working with our long-term athlete development model to make sure they're Mm -hmm. exposed to the right skills for the right age, depending on the sport they're in.
0: What do you find are the differences between working with varsity athletes or higher-level athletes versus youth athletes in this sort of mental performance capacity?
1: I've had the privilege to work with the diverse age group Mm -hmm. and what's really cool about it is they all have their unique traits and specializations that set them apart from one each other. Mm -hmm. Um, Youth athletes are so fun because their motivation is just, it's infectious and it just makes me want to work harder for them because you can really see that love of sport. Mm -hmm. So when, when that's there, just the ability to see that they're enjoying themselves and having fun is is truly a gift. So with uh, with my youth athletes I work a lot on developing who they are, Mm -hmm. understanding their strengths and weaknesses, building a solid foundation to, Mm -hmm. to, to sport and mental training within sport um, and sometimes it's about you know introducing them to these these skills in a way that's meaningful to them mm-hmm. and having some fun doing it yeah. you know I've talked about routine by throwing skittles in a cup just to bring some some fun right. to the environment whereas when you start going to the student athlete side of things mm-hmm. and, and the professional side mm-hmm. you're focusing a lot more on them as individuals and then their right. specific demands of their sport so a lot of time management is something I focus on performance profiling mm-hmm. getting to know know themselves as an athlete we do a lot of training and competition planning mm-hmm. uh, with a specific heavy focus on goal setting mm-hmm. and then really tailoring their mental training to what they need individually in their environment. Mm-hmm. Student athletes are cool too because they're they're balancing the demands of school and sport and mm-hmm. they become really good at working in that environment yeah. and, and being able to, to deal with it. So um, I found a lot of success in, in just keeping things in the present being able to make sure athletes are communicating in a way right. that they need, whether it be with coaches, other teammates, organizations, and just learning how to cope with the demands of, of being a student athlete as well.
0: That kind of reminds me of something that, um, it was Keely Brown, that was the goalie on a couple episodes ago. Cool. Um, she said that being a goalie and going through like she went through all these levels of these super high levels of bring it that that prepared her to go into like her current role as a lawyer so do you see these sort of mental skills we learn even as kids in sport translating into every day absolutely
1: just even knowing your strengths and weaknesses and being able to talk about yourself that's mm-hmm. developing self-awareness right. who am i what do i stand for what do mm-hmm. i believe in what are mm-hmm. my strengths and weaknesses that perhaps i want to share what do i need to be better at what right. can i continue working on right. and then for furthermore, how does it affect how I view myself? How do how do I build confidence? How do right. I sh- share confidence and build other people up in the environments that I'm in? Um, multitasking and time management, that's something I see at the student athlete level where mm-hmm. I do a lot of work with how can we balance the busy demands right. of, of sport, but also be able to perform in other environments, such as school or a job. Right. So, Yes, the and coping even too, right? Yeah. How do I handle stress? How do right. I handle different emotions when things are going well or, or poorly? I mean, mm-hmm. those are so applicable to all the other areas of our life, so absolutely.
0: Right. So in-ring-out, athletes need to be fast, they need to be fit, they need to have good hand-eye coordination, but they also need to be able to work with teammates and teams with good cohesion and dynamic will often prevail at the end of the day. Right. How can mental training help with these aspects of the game? Awesome
1: question. So a couple different ways to look at it. The uniqueness about ringette is you're an individual, but you're playing a team sport. Mm-hmm. So obviously we want to create a culture that there's positivity in the team sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's passion for what we're doing, motivation, mm-hmm. and that each athlete feels uh significant role in the team Mm -hmm. so learning about their role their different responsibilities that kind of falls under the sports psychology umbrella Um, in addition to that being able to communicate efficiently in their role to understand what they're responsible for and to perhaps even go one step further to know that their actions and their interactions affect other people on the ice at that time so um, being able to being able to create a positive environment where team dynamics are at play when when we understand how confidence can be infectious and how Mm -hmm. a positive attitude works in the same way, we can really shape the culture by by having them learn mental skills at a young age.
0: Okay, it's like if you're taking care of yourself, you're gonna be able to work with the team better, you're all gonna be able to work together.
1: Yeah, and just learning those skills to set not just individual goals, but team goals, Mm -hmm. and then be able to to implement them in training and in competition.
0: Okay. Is there sort of a straight line to follow? Like if you do these exercises, you're going to be the best team or you're going to be mentally strong and play well?
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't, I would, I would say no in my role because every athlete is going to have their own unique demands. Every sport is going to have their own unique demands. Mm -hmm. So being familiar with the environment, first of all, the level of training that the athlete is at or is experiencing Mm -hmm. is going to shape the type of mental skills we introduce and teach and Mm -hmm. have them Work at. Right. Um, I do a lot of close work following the long term athlete development models provided by our, in, our national sport organizations mm-hmm. to really understand, um, w- in terms of which sport, what are athletes focusing on, what level of training are they at, what skills are being right. worked on, so we can pair their mental training with additional types of training and then too we want to take into account the personality and the cognitive and emotional level of the athlete too so that we're teaching them skills that are applicable to to what they're doing what they're experiencing Mm -hmm. and making sure that these programs are very individualistic very personalized so Mm -hmm. we're able to really work on what what they need as an athlete instead of perhaps just an, an over a broad overview of what everyone needs right
0: Um, In your experience, have you noticed different aspects or different things to consider when you're doing mental training with girls versus with boys?
1: Yeah, I can say definitely depending on the age range of each gender, perhaps the unique challenges of their training requirements, depending Mm -hmm. on if they're playing a team sport or individual Mm -hmm. maturity levels. I think there's a whole bunch of different factors at play. And Mm -hmm. what I try to do, no matter who I work with, is Mm -hmm. tailor my program to programming to the appropriate group of individuals or, okay. or team environments. So if, if we have a younger group that needs a little bit more focus, for example, um, when they're working on goal setting, mm-hmm. I'm going to make sure that we're spending more time focusing on the task or we're creating programming that is reflective of what the needs of the group are Mm -hmm. so the answer is yes i do see a difference it's Mm -hmm. just depending on what the sport is what their age and cognitive levels are and where they are too in terms of their own emotional development yeah um i think it's definitely unique to each sport it's unique to each age and it's it can be unique to each gender just really depends on who you're working with
0: Sounds like there's a lot of other factors versus just gender. In yeah, this area.
1: absolutely, hundred percent. I wouldn't make a claim that it's just one or the other, and mm-hmm. and there's one specific way of looking at it. It's it's more just finding an approach that works for who you're working with. I think is is kind of the route that I always take.
0: We've heard on TV or in everyday language that an athlete was really in the zone, mm-hmm. or they were. I heard in golf but they're really dialed in during yeah. a game or an event or something. Is this a real phenomenon, and how does one find this zone—the
1: <laughs> <laughs> the elusive zone? The elusive zone, yes. We uh, there's a bunch of different words for it, or, or statements or terms. Um, yeah. One of the most common that we use in the, throughout the research is ideal performance state, mm. and it does exist. Yeah. Uh, when we have athletes performing at their best, we want to get them into that optimal zone of performance. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple things to consider. In order to get to that place Mm -hmm. so we want to have a certain level of mental and physical activation Mm -hmm. where the athlete knows what they need in order to perform well Mm -hmm. and there's a couple different ways that we help athletes to try to find that so paying close attention to pre-performance routines is something that I work closely with my athletes at developing Mm -hmm. so they understand uh, in order to get to my best what do I need to do beforehand to prepare Mm -hmm. um, to be ready to feel good mentally and physically Mm -hmm. secondly also is being really aware of the demands or the stressors that are in that environment that potentially could change or affect that preparation. So they may not always be, you know, in a perfect environment, so they have to be adaptable. So right. if the timings changed, how are they going to maybe adapt their warm up? So right. Learning really how to deal with the controlling the controllables. I'm not yeah. sure if you've heard that phrase have, before, yeah. but it's one of the most common statements that we, we use in our role. Mm-hmm. And having athletes um, be introduced to what that looks like for them in their, mm-hmm. in their sport, especially ringette. You know you have a certain time you're playing, but mm-hmm. beforehand you have a warm-up, mm-hmm. you have time to get to the rink. And mm-hmm. what if there is a detour? You have to be able to adjust yeah. for that. So um, getting in the zone is very personal. It takes time to figure out. Understanding your ideal performance state as an athlete can can take a little while to really get to know yourself, know what you need, Mm -hmm. not just in terms of preparation, but do you want to be around people when you're preparing? Do you want to be more isolated? Do you listen to a certain type of music? Do right. you do some journaling, reflection? Yeah. It's such a personal process. Mm-hmm. So we want to make sure that we're guiding our athletes to, to find that out mm-hmm. in a way that is authentic and genuine to them mm-hmm. so that when they are getting ready to perform, they're honoring that and, and getting into right. that space individually.
0: Right. Sounds like just like any drill or breakout or anything, you got to practice it a little bit. Absolutely.
1: You got to practice it and then you got to practice practicing it and implementing it right. and then go back and tweak it depending on if it worked or didn't uh, the power of reflection I think is is something that we like to do with athletes have their training log out and make sure that they're journaling what that experience was like so that we can go back and maybe make an amendment later on
0: okay could you give some examples of exercises or activities you've done with different groups to create a better team dynamic or maybe to learn about focusing during the game
1: Absolutely. So, a lot of teamwork for me is based around the importance of getting to know each other as athletes, understanding mm-hmm. who we are, what our identity is, and really developing a solid foundation of motivation for who mm-hmm. we are as athletes. Ro- understanding our roles mm-hmm. and really being able to implement the goals that mm-hmm. we've set for ourselves as a group into sport. Uh, so, I like to do with a, you know, for with Ringette, for example, I like to do an introductory session of who we are mm-hmm. and what do we stand for. Uh, what do we? What do we? What do we believe in? What are our expectations that we have of ourselves? Mm -hmm. What are our expectations we have of each other? Mm -hmm. And then go one step further. How do we handle ourselves off the ice and Mm -hmm. what do we demand and require on the ice. Mm-hmm. So that's just one exercise from the team right. dynamics perspective. Um, when it comes to focusing, that can be pretty individualistic. Mm-hmm. So uh, if I'm working with individual athletes, we talk a lot about distraction management, right. trying to identify personally, what is distractions for certain people compared right. to others, knowing everyone's going to be different mm-hmm. and then provide them the tools and resources to, to, you know, get in the, that zone of focus, be mm-hmm. able to put blinders up to those other distractions and one thing that I like to do is use keywords to Mm -hmm. to direct their focus uh, make sure all my athletes have a really good reset so Mm -hmm. that they know you know how to direct their thoughts back to what's happening in the present moment moment if they're becoming outcome or outcome based we want to go back to that process oriented thinking
0: what are some simple ways for young teams or coaches or even parents to start introducing mental training to their young athletes
1: so the number one factor I would probably include would be uh, the importance of just exposure, having a conversation about why mental training is significant and maybe mm-hmm. what it is. At the end of the day, I think in my work is I just try to encourage athletes to be the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. So at a young age, that might mean teaching athletes about the importance of goal setting. Every time I go into something, what can I focus on that's going to help me better, the, better my task, better this exercise. Mm-hmm. Also within the team environment at a young age, having kids enjoy mental training doing activities that perhaps make their team stronger that they have Mm -hmm. a better better team dynamic or that they know what their role is and what they're responsible for Mm -hmm. it's about creating these conversations and having meaningful dialogue about why this is important but at Mm -hmm. a young age making sure that it's fun and enjoyable and then I think when we start working with coaches and parents there's another layer to this. So hmm. when I start working with coaches, once again, it's exposure to why this is important, but mm-hmm. then not just how they can use myself as a resource, but how they can bring mental training into their practices. They might simply start by doing a journaling exercise every right. day just for self-reflection or or goal setting. And mm-hmm. then with parents, it also becomes about Confidence, It becomes being able to have a really good talk on the way mm-hmm. home and just understanding why the mental side is so important and that mm-hmm. our athletes have the skills and tools and resources to talk about some of these things when mm-hmm. things are going well or when they're going poorly mm-hmm. uh, and, and being able to have those conversations with the different people in their life. Mm-hmm. I think that would be kind of the start to
0: it. And why would you tell them, like I know this could be a long answer, but what would you say if they go, okay, why is it important to work on this? psychology mental training side of the sport
1: well number one it can enhance performance bottom line okay so that's neither here nor there because that's straightforward um but number two is is these are a lot of skills like you mentioned earlier in the podcast that are transferable so time management setting goals learning how to build confidence how to Mm -hmm. how to speak in public how to communicate with other team members Mm -hmm. those are all skills that are so transferable right Right, so I think I think at the end of the day, it's about how this can make you a better person, and it, and it truly does when when you're open to it or when you want to learn about yourself and ask mm-hmm. questions, and just going back to really enjoying what this means for yourself in sport as an mm-hmm. athlete. I think at the end of the day, um, it really comes down to just understanding why this is important. We spend so much time. We spend so much time training our physical bodies. Mm-hmm. We spend so much time technical mm-hmm. training and even tactical. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to ask athletes, how much time have you spent training your brain? Mm-hmm. And when we're dealing with issues about, you know, success and failure, when mm-hmm. we're putting a lot of pressure on ourselves, we want everyone to make sure that they have the tools and resources to work through some of these challenges. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, sport is supposed to be fun. It's, right. you know, as a young kid, you can't. You can't unbridle that passion that we feel when you get to go throw mm-hmm. a ball around or you get to uh, be on the ice with your friends and playing mm-hmm. ringette. It's just that passion is there and that exuberance mm-hmm. for, for sports. And if we can continue to carry that and make sure our athletes with, are equipped to, to be able to go back to that and really enjoy it, I think at the end of the day, that's what it, what it comes down to.
0: Excellent. Well, thank you for spending the time with us today. This was very excellent, and we hope to hear from you maybe soon. (laughs)
1: You are so welcome, and thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you about this.
0: It is Tuesday, February 19th, and here is your Ringette Roundup. The Canada Games have started, and Team Alberta Ringette is off to a strong start with huge sold-out crowds at each game. They have one loss to Nova Scotia, but came back strong on Monday with a win over New Brunswick. Their next game is tonight at 5.30pm at the Colicut Centre against Manitoba. Quarterfinals, semis and finals are all taking place in the next couple of days. If you can't make it to Red Deer, you can watch online at canadagames.live. That link is also available on our social media pages and in the show notes of today's episode. The NRL Western Conference is taking a short break while the Canada games are on. Last week, Edmonton Wham was in Calgary for two games, where they won 4-3 to and 7-2, to which puts them first place in the West. Calgary is in second place, and BC is in third. Western Conference play will resume in the first weekend of March, with Edmonton Wham playing Black Gold Rush in Leduc. Playdowns for many divisions in Alberta are well underway. Congrats to those teams who have already punched their ticket to Provincials, and good luck to those who still have to play. The first Provincials Weekend is March 1st to 3rd, with U16A and U19A taking place in Calgary, being hosted by Beauview Ringette, and the Open A Provincials are taking place in Rockyford. Good luck to all teams. Let's Talk Ringette is produced by Ringette Alberta and created using Anchor.fm. I'm your host and producer, Robin Gillespie. Special thanks again to our guest, Erin Brennan, for her insights today. If you have questions or comments regarding something you heard today, or you'd like to suggest a topic for a future episode, send me an email, robin at ring If you want to support this podcast, the best thing you can do is to share it with someone. Whether you send them a link, listen together, or let them know they can listen on any app, it all helps support this little amateur radio show. Contact information, new episodes, policies, and news can all be found at ring Until next time, see you around the rings.